May we pray together. Our Father, we thank Thee that the Son indeed is coming up. The Son of Righteousness hath already risen with healing in His wings. And for those who will allow Him, He can touch with comfort and strength, as well as conviction and conversion and a life of joy and a wonderful experience at the close of what we call the sunset, but only to see the sun rise and the sun coming up and our presence with him forever. May the Holy Spirit do his work today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have two texts this morning. One is from Isaiah 22, 1, and the other is from Acts chapter 16. You'll see a banner across under the, behind the choir. It says, without a vision, the people perish. That passage is from Proverbs. And indeed, without a vision, the people do perish. In Isaiah 22, verse 1, there's a verse that sort of stings us. It says, the burden of the valley of vision. The burden of the valley of vision. And then in chapter 16 of Acts, you remember Paul wanted to go to Bithynia. He wanted to take the gospel east. And God said, no, Paul, they're not ready. Go west, young man. And so beginning in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, and when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. How important it is for us to listen to the Spirit. Amen. He speaks to the heart that is opened. He will speak to your heart today if it is open to hear from God. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now notice, in the earlier part of Paul's ministry, it was Paul and Barnabas, sometimes Paul and Silas. And now there's the pronoun we. And if you'll try to remember who wrote the book of Acts, you'll remember that the beloved physician Luke wrote it. And he's saying, I'm with them now. And we're going across the Aegean Sea. And the first thing they did was to plant the gospel in Philippi. And that church became one of the favorite churches of the gospel. And Paul again and again referred to that church. And he wrote an entire book to the letter, the letter to the to Philippian Christians. And it was his joy letter. And in that letter, he said these important words about Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, 
and took upon him the form of a servant. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, things in earth, Amen. things in right. heaven, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now that was the summation of the gospel. That's what Paul went across the Aegean Sea to say. And he went across Asia, Asia Minor, Ephesus, and all the cities that are mentioned in the scriptures. He went into Corinth and Athens and Thessalonica over in Greece, and eventually he preached the gospel in Rome. And tradition says he preached it to the Caesars in Rome. Amen. That was the vision Paul had. And when Isaiah wrote years and years before that, the burden of the valley of vision, he was reminding us that there is a burden involved in a vision. Now we think for a moment about the two words vision and burden. A vision is not some dream or nightmare a person has. In the scripture, the word vision is used to refer to a revelation from God. Amen. And without that revelation from God, the people perish. It has nothing to do with just our foresight or our insight or our intelligence or somebody has more vision than somebody else or having to do with our eyesight, 2020, whatever. It has to do with the openness of our heart to what God wants to do. Amen. Right. What does God want to say? Amen. What does God want us to do? What is the Holy Spirit's impress upon our heart? Without that vision, without that revelation, without that understanding, the people don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. Man, right. And so when Paul wanted to go and take the gospel east, he heard God say no. Do you know that God doesn't always say yes? Right. Sometimes people say, well, preachers, I wish you'd preach just a positive gospel. Talk about all the good things. Well, they overlook, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt, on and on and on and on. The Bible is full of thou shalt nots. And if we hear from God, God says to us from time to time, no. That's right, man. We may even ask God for a certain thing that we really feel we want and need. God has three answers. He never ignores our request if we pray in the name of Jesus. But sometimes he'll say yes, and we rejoice at that. And sometimes he says no, no, no. That's what he said to Paul, don't go to Bithynia. Ma'am. And sometimes he says wait, that's the hardest part. If we're attuned to the Holy Spirit and he says yes, praise God. If he says no, if we're attuned to the Holy Spirit, we can say disappointment, his appointment, change one letter, then I see that the thwarting of my purpose is God's better choice for me. We have prayed for healing. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Man. But he has something better planned. 
For that one whose faith is in Jesus is just a step over into the beautiful land of heaven. Amen. But when he says wait, that's hard. That's very difficult. <laughs> Somebody said, I want patience and I want it right now. <laughs> well, we don't always get what we ask for right now. Man. And part of the vision is to be able to recognize the yeses, the noes, and the waiting. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Man. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Very briefly, I want to share with you some thoughts. I, I like to preach expository messages, but this morning this is sort of a topical thing. I want us to think about vision. First of all, we need to think of the vision of our sovereign nation. America's a great land. Man. And our forefathers poured their life's blood into building this nation. Recently, our senior class from Anchorage School went to Philadelphia and Boston. And they saw where the original Constitution was written and enacted. They saw the Liberty Bell that rang out liberty to the land. And on the Liberty Bell is inscribed a passage from Leviticus. And they saw and some of them sat in the very chair that George Washington sat in. And some of the others who were there as the originators of this nation. And they came back with a, a better understanding, a more brilliant vision of what went in to make America great. Man. The signers of the Constitution, the signers of the Declaration of Independence, each one of those paid a big, big price. Some of them were wealthy and they lost all their money. Many of them died at the hands of the British. America was founded by blood. And somebody said, when we bleed, we bless. And as we meet on this Memorial Day weekend, we thank God for those who have been willing to pledge the last ounce and strength of their strength and say, Lord, it's worth it. Amen. I have a cousin, a dear cousin named Buddy Rogers. He and I grew up together. He's a little bit older than I was. We spent a lot of time together in the early years. He went to Ohio State University, received a deferment while he was in college, and immediately when he was out of college, he was drafted. Six weeks later, he was in the Battle of the Bulge and died for our country. And I think of him and I say, thank you, Lord, for Buddy Rogers. Amen. Many of you here today have loved ones who have paid the price for our liberties. And when we saluted the flag a while ago, and we sang that thrilling star-spangled banner, and when Gail Hudson gave us that little thought about the flag, that those men were watching through the night as the British were attacking and they didn't know whether our flag would still be flying the next morning. And early in the morning, they saw that flag. Francis Scott Key wrote those words. Oh, say, can you see Man. by the dawn's early light, what so proudly we hailed at the last twilight gleaming. If you don't get goose pimples 
when you think of the greatness of America, something wrong with you. Let's thank God for our sovereign nation. And then we need to have a vision of our sins. Did you know there's not one person within the sound of my voice today who can say I'm free from sin? There are some groups that teach you can live above sin. They have a low view of what sin is. The Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And friend, if you're here today and you have never had your sins atoned for, you've never been to Jesus and asked him to cleanse you from sin, you've never believed that what he did on the cross was enough to cover your sins. And you've not allowed the Holy Spirit to convict you that you have a need for a savior, then I need, I, I want to ask you to have a vision of our sins. Sin is a terrible monster. It drags us down, down, down to an utter life of destruction and infamy. Lost people pay for their sins in hell. And friend, if you're here today and you've never been saved, you're on your way to hell. There are only two places for eternity, heaven and hell. Hell is an awful place, the insane asylum of the nations. It is the place where those who have ignored God and left out truth and ignored the only remedy for sin, the blood of Christ, they spend eternity in the terrible tragedy of hell. But how wonderful to know you're on your way to heaven. Heaven is not something you work for. You don't gain heaven because you worked or you've been right. good. Amen. We gain heaven because he was good. Amen. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And when he died on the cross, every cursed thing in our life, all the ugly skeletons, all the mean things, and all the wicked, perverse things, they were put on him. Man. He looked into the face of God the Father and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Our sins put him there. And when we're saved, every time we sin, that sin goes back to Calvary. It's added to his load. But you and I have had our sins judged in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Jesus paid it all. And so we need a vision of the Savior. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And Paul said, let this mind be in you. Though he was God, he thought it not something to be held on to at all costs, but he emptied himself and became a man so that he could show men how to get to God. Amen. So his name is above every name. That is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow. Tongues confess. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a vision. What a vision of our sovereign nation. A vision of our sin. A vision of our Savior. And then I want to close by just asking you to think of a vision of that home over there. In a few moments, we're going to stand in honor of some of our loved ones who have gone to be with the Lord. As we saluted the flag a while ago, I thought of loved ones who have gone out. They didn't come back home. And I think of 
many of our loved ones who are now with Jesus. Oh, think of the home over there by the side of the river of light. Ma'am. Where the saints, all immortal and fair, are clothed in the righteousness of light. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen. Right. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Jesus is our summum bonum. Recently, in this last year, we've had many, many deaths of our loved ones. Many of them, their caskets have been right here at the front. There have been tears in this auditorium. Sometimes I think these aisles are like trails of tears. And yet, they're not tears in vain. Brother Holly stood at his wife's funeral the other day. I'm sure there were tears on the inside, but no tears on the outside. He talked about the fact that she's born again. Amen. She's in heaven with Amen. the Lord. And a while ago when they sang, I will meet you in the morning, I thought of my dad, Ma'am. my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather on both sides, and my brother, who just a few days ago went to be with the Lord. And just think what they're enjoying over there. We're still in a land of limitations. We're still in a land where there are tears and weeping, and we wonder why, and we question. But over there, all that's a thing of the past. Amen. Streets like gold, there's nobody gets sick, there's no dying, there are no funeral homes, there are no cemeteries. Amen. Oh, what joy when we reach home. And it's just a step away. I don't know how long it'll be before somebody in this room right now will be home with the Lord. Don't dread it. Now we want to stay here as long as we can. We're not like the suicide bombers who think, well, boy, you can go out and take a bomb with you and go commit suicide and kill a whole bunch of people and I'll go to heaven. Do you know that that Muslim religion is fake? Amen. Don't get mad at me. They promise those that die in warfare, killing Christians and Jews, they promise them immediately go into the presence of God where there are 70 moon-eyed virgins waiting to minister to their needs. And oh, isn't that wonderful? And those suicide guys that guided our planes and made them missiles to kill thousands of people as they went into those buildings said, in just a minute, we'll be over there. What a lie, God, the Amen. devil told them. Right. They're in hell. You don't go to heaven by killing people. You don't go to heaven by being obedient to some religion that tells you to kill. Our Savior told us to love our enemies. Do good to them that despitefully use you and try to lead them to this Christ-filled life. Friend, my time is up. I could preach two hours on this. I want to ask you, if you're here tonight, today, and you're not sure you're going to heaven, why not right now open your heart to Jesus? And say, Jesus, I know you paid for my sins at Calvary. And I'm, I have a vision of what I could be if God would dwell in my heart. You see, you do not have to live under the circumstances. You've been abused, give that to God. Let him take care of it and you go on living. You came up from poor family, give that to God. Get going, work your way so that you can accomplish something in life and God will bless you. 
As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. And friend, when you know and think, I'm redeemed Amen. by the blood of Christ. Amen. I am God's child. I'm a somebody. Not because I'm bragging or conceited, but I'm a somebody because God made me a somebody Amen. when he came to live in my heart. And he'll come and live in your heart if you invite him. Let's close our eyes in prayer. With our eyes closed and heads bowed for just a moment. What a joy it has been to share the word of God with us this morning. And friend, if you're here without Jesus, I want to plead with you right now. Just whisper a prayer, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I call on Jesus to come into my heart and be my Lord. Will you do that? And friend, if you're saved, you may need a church home. Would you come and say, I want to be part of this church and go and grow with God here? And friend, if you've been on the periphery, you need a closer walk with the Lord, why not just on this Memorial weekend say, dear Lord, I know I'm saved, but I'll be better prepared when the Lord comes and I wanna be right in the battle serving you. <clears throat> Our Father, we pray that someone today will be drawn to Christ in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. <coughs> What are we singing? Without him, I can do nothing. 468. As we sing this this morning, the invitation is open. Remember, this is God's invitation, not mine. The church says come. The bride says come. But Jesus is the one saying coming. You come. Come to him with your sins, with your sorrow, with your doubts, with your questions. But just come. And Jesus said, he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Would you come to the Lord today? While we sing, will you come?